we get to the Uber line and the Uber line is insanely long. But some of these Uber drivers are pretty fucking shady where they'll park their car and then walk into the line and be like, do you guys need a ride? Do you guys need a ride? Yeah, they're just offering for cash. They want cash and stuff. And so I paid $400 for the seven of us. I think he said 500. He's like $500. Take it or leave it. I go, I have 400. Take it or leave it. And he goes, all right. R-O-T. All right, guys, welcome to Rotten Podcast. We don't have an official saying yet, but it is episode 22. I was expecting a new intro. I know. I was talked about it last time, yet there was no. You know what I was about to say? I was going to say, welcome to the number one podcast in the world. But then I was like, I can't copy Logan Paul. Like, we (laughs) we have. He's not the only one who says that. However, they can justify. How do they a lot say of numbers. that? I think they just say it for fun. Isn't Joe Rogan kinda... the number one podcast in the world? Yeah. But I think maybe they, yeah, they're clearly not the number one podcast in the world, but it's just. <laughs> number one podcast in the YouTube world? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe something like that. Plus all this social content. I'm sure they try to justify it maybe from like a views. Who knows? Yeah. I, don't I actually know. looked at our um, our analytics on Chartable like a few weeks ago and we were like number one in like Zimbabwe. So like, hey, hey number one out. podcast in Zimbabwe. That's amazing. Yeah. How but, cool would it be to like go there and do a live I mean, I think not many people <laughs> listen to podcasts in Zimbabwe. Yeah. So it's like only 10 people need to listen to ours for it That's to be like so number funny. one. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, one I mean, thing we didn't talk about last time was what? the rotten merch I was wearing. I was wearing the hoodie. We're not selling it yet, so are we? So talking I about still want to show it. Okay. Like we spent a lot of time like going through it. Obviously, this maybe is you the should t-shirt. turn around. Yeah, this is the t-shirt. Yes. Um, we have a t-shirt and a hoodie. Yes, Gara helped design the t-shirt. It looks so freaking sick. Look at that. Yes, yes, yes. Model this it camera. for us. That, that camera. camera. <laughs> you get a t-shirt. You get a t-shirt. You get a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, so we are going to be launching the merch by the end of this month, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, we still need to do the photo shoots for it, but. It came out really good. The fabric is like such good quality. Such and everyone, quality. I, every time I show it to people, they're like, wow, that's like really good thick. It's not your typical cheap merch. I mean, we definitely put a little bit mm-hmm. more Avoid. into it. I think, you know, we wanted to make sure to have something that didn't feel like cheap and ex- inexpensive. Um, especially for how much we put into everything. Honestly, so we wanted the merch to really reflect it. And I'm really happy with how it turned I, out. You know, I'm glad you said that because there is one thing that I just cannot stand by anymore is cheap fashion. And yeah. um, I actually got invited to Stagecoach this year with Shein. And let me tell you, I was like, that sounds so fun, but I can't, I can't support fast fashion in that sense. You wanted to go. You asked me if you wanted to I actually to didn't go. want to go. I was only going to go if you really wanted to go. I would rather do what we're going to do instead, which is we're going to go see Skrillex at Red Rocks hey. for my 30th birthday. So excited. Is this, what is this? What do you mean? This is, is this rock like, though? It's whatever you want it to be. I feel like Skrillex is trap <laughs> skrillex is like hardcore heavy dubstep EDM, yeah. edm i mean he does a bunch of different styles but i would say it's pretty like you know uh, hardcore it can be yeah so i went on a duffy boat with megan for her 29th which if you guys don't know 
I guess Orange County is pretty big on Duffy boats, which is you take a little boat out and you can pilot it yourself. But the entire time they were playing Skrillex and his newest album is so sick. And oh I'm my God, it's so, so good. Excited. Which is why like typically before I wouldn't have maybe cared or wanted to go see Skrillex, but he's kind of making a comeback. He's starting to drop music and... It used to be very, very heavy dubstep, yeah. like years and years ago. But then he did the project with um, with Diplo okay. and dropped that song with Justin Bieber, you know. And so he kind of put himself more in the poppier realm. And I think he's really progressed as an artist that, you know, his new stuff that he's dropping, it's just so creative and different and unique and I'm like really excited to see him. I am so excited. Apparently, taking it's me like to Colorado for my thirtieth. Yeah. Apparently, it's going to be like a five-hour DJ set, and he hasn't played there in like ten years. I just and that's don't. one of his biggest <laughs> venues. I just don't understand how it's going to be five hours of one person. I'm sure he's going to have guests and stuff come on. But if his set's five hours, then it's it's what is it like an eight-hour ordeal? No, no, no. I'm saying I think within his set, he's going to have guests come on to do like performances. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know that we're like, we'll go. We'll see if we like it. We'll leave when we want to leave. It is it is what it is. But I'm excited for you to experience a concert at Red Rocks. And for anyone out there that's listening, it is one of the most beautiful places and is my favorite place to see a concert. It's incredible. So they have obviously these huge giant Red Rocks. And they've built an amphitheater in it. Mm -hmm. And just the sound quality, it's beautiful. Just the way that the stage is, it's like, you know, it's an amphitheater. So you're looking down at the stage. And uh, it's just a great show experience. I mean, my favorite, I would say, venue in L.A. is Hollywood Bowl. And I feel like Red Rocks is Hollywood Bowl, but on steroids. Yeah. Where not only is it prettier, it's bigger and it's better. (laughs) So I'm so excited. No, yeah, I do really like Hollywood Bowl. I was really surprised how much I like it. Mm -hmm. Because what's crazy about it, it feels like it's in the middle of LA, but you're in this giant amphitheater, but there's mountains right behind you. There's kind of like the hills. It really is almost like the Red Rocks version. In LA. In LA. And I love seeing shows at the Hollywood Bowl. It's, I mean, we've, we've seen, we saw we've seen Russ, Troy Savon, and mm-hmm. then you're, uh, who was it? You're talking about John Pellion? Yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't managed by Third no, Brain, no, was no, he? No, no, Okay. So we've seen three. Yeah. I don't think before I think you, I've, seen... I've ever even been there. So three and five years is, four years is pretty good. Yeah. I'm really excited to go. And the Philharmonic Symphony. Oh, yeah. We've gone we there that. four times <laughs> then? Yeah. And I must have gone before you too. I just can't remember what for. Seriously, been, it's the best venue. It's such a good venue. I love what's what's so cool about that venue as well is when we were going to see Russ and we like went there. We weren't necessarily early, but we wanted to get food. So we ate dinner and they have a couple restaurants. And just like when you're in the it's restaurants. A vibe. Yeah, the vibe is bougie. Like they have a little market there where you can get bottles of wine. You could do stuff. You feel like you're not at a concert mm-hmm. venue. You feel like you're. Somewhere in like classic LA. It feels like you're in a park. Yeah. That's what it really feels like. It it's does. like you're it's... entering a park that mm-hmm. happens to have music playing nearby, but you're just like seeing and dilly dallying. Like the bar area around. is so cool and yeah. it's like it's obviously outside and the views, the mountains, the lights, the Hollywoodness of it all. 
it just makes it for such a fun environment where I could see going with a bunch of friends and not even making it to the concert because we're just <laughs> hanging out. And you can kind of see like when we were seeing Ross, Bia was opening and you you could just watch on the TV at the restaurant. So we were like watching and we could hear also. So it's just a fun experience. But one thing I want to know about the Shein thing, and it always blows my mind. And when I started working in marketing four years ago, um, it is such a typical industry standard for things to be so last minute and i remember working on so many campaigns whether it be you know fx stuff with interscope like universal just all the brands even amazon hbo max right we've done so many different campaigns across socials and one thing that always struck me was how last minute a lot of these campaigns are and i thought as we got established within our startup and we had more leverage, we would have more time on a lot of these big budgets. But no, all these companies are fighting for the proposal. They're putting in their RFPs and it is so last minute. So I'm curious on the content creator side of things, do you kind of almost sometimes sit around? You're like, all right, well, you know, Coachella's next week. Maybe a brand will hit me up because as we've been together, it's like, hey, you want to go to Egypt next week? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Didn't we just get an email where it's like, you want to go to Greece? Yeah. Nothing but it wasn't ended up happening with them. Yeah, but I don't think it was a next week situation. It was yeah. definitely within the month, which, again, is still such a short notice to go somewhere internationally and i remember there was one time we almost went to uh was it japan korea was it korea maybe south korea, korea? yeah probably for they wanted to do something at the airport with you either way where i'm going with it is it's so last minute which is kind of fun and sporadic but now obviously with festival season and it being coachella happening right after this podcast yeah. will come out do you allow yourself like prepare for that opening? Were you well, expecting I, I to maybe think, go to Coachella me, this year? Let's just say that no, I don't think we're going to go to Coachella this year. Well, yeah, this I'm not is, going. It's too last minute at this point. Yeah, you wouldn't go if I got tickets. No, Why? I don't think so. Coachella the, to me well, is so fun. Yeah, I love Coachella. I mean, it's different when you're not going with a big group of people. I don't think I've ever experienced going with a big group. That one year we went in 2019, we had like a pretty big group. I mean, we weren't staying with that many people, but we met up with so many people every day. Oh, I guess because we, yeah, we went with Pantene Pro V that year and Pantene Pro V was. You went with Pantene. I tagged along. Coachella. And played Instagram boyfriend. And we were Sierra and Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of our friends were also there at the same time. Like Remy, Mia, Lauren and their boyfriends were all there. I think if I were to want to go back to Coachella like this year, I'd be like, let's just go for one day. Like I'd be down to go and hang out around Palm Springs for a few days, but really would only want to attend the festival yeah. for one to two days max. I'm actually really sad. This is the first time I didn't get a sponsorship for Coachella in a few years. And that sounds like such first world problems, but oh at my the God, same I didn't, they time, didn't know one reached out to take me to Coachella. God, I hate when you do that. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've been going to me. It's sad. Not because I'm not actually, it is sad. I'm not going because to me, I've gone to Coachella since 2013 and two years of that was during COVID. So I, this is, I've gone eight years in a row and this is the first year I'm not doing it. Maybe Coachella. How do you feel about that? I'm actually pretty. I'm not like super sad because like last year I could barely hang. I was like, yeah, we were ready to get the fuck out of Palm Springs. Yes, we were like, we're not doing this again. I remember leaving and being like. That was a lot. Just every day. And now with, especially with the animals and, you know, we're yeah, a little bit older. 
So well, don't age us. We're not too old to go to Coachella. That just makes us sound real old. No, not too old, but it's like going out on a whim. Yeah, to well, go every Brent day. And Brian did say that if we wanted to buy tickets to Coachella, they would allow us to stay at their place. And I go, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I don't think we'll take you guys up on yeah. that offer. But like, I'm really you. sad. So my first year going to Coachella was 2019 with you when Pantene Pro V um, brought you. Yeah, and the lineup wasn't that great. Um, but the following year was going to be Travis Scott and Frank Ocean, which to me was going to be so epic. And mm. I think for a lot of people, everyone's been waiting on a Frank Ocean set at and Coachella. And he's back this year. But I'm sad because I think we even got tickets, but then we got refunded because it, it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't um, happen. Well, I will say that maybe we should have just went without a brand because even when I do go with brands, I know you hate it. And I feel stressed because I can tell that you are like not happy or excited that I have to be working. And it's not fun to be working during a festival either. No, I get it. I mean, the first year I was like working a little bit as well. And so I get it. But now at this stage, if I'm going to take that time, stop everything I'm doing, getting out of my routine and I'm so focused on work and especially with the animals and leaving the house to go vacation, it's like, I I don't want to. It's hard to take you out of the house. Why? No, it's not. For vacation. Yes. Because I'm going to be going to Portugal this summer, and you're like, I'm not doing that. I think we're in different places yeah, in our lives. True, I mean, it, you know, how could you expect me to be as willing as you when there's a very clear difference in where we're at from like a, yeah. a place in our careers, which is fine. And I'm going to get there totally when I'll be like, hey, let's go. Or I'm taking you on trips. Like, Can't wait. Yeah. But either <laughs> way, yeah, going with brands and stuff. It's like because you have to be on their schedule. So it's like. It's a long day to be out in the desert, partying, drinking, doing drugs. And then you're doing drugs and then to have to go early <laughs> yeah, with well, a brand and then I you have to go. Say- see. But last time you went by yourself pretty much with the brand and we all went to Neon Carnival and you met up with us. Well, I mean, the after- brand event was Neon Carnival. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, okay, so last year, although I was supposed to be on a schedule, I decided not to be on their schedule. Classic. And you know what? I was like, hey, you guys woke me up at 10 a.m. today. Like, I'm going to have a little bit more fun. Um, So I got a really last-minute deal with DirecTV, and they were actually, like, so amazing to work with. Super nice people, super friendly. I think I followed a bunch of them on Instagram and TikTok. Either way, um, we were supposed to leave the festival Coachella to go to Neon Carnival because they were sponsoring Neon Carnival, and I was supposed to be, like, their spokesperson, model. I was filming a video with them, and they needed me there by 11, and we were all in a pretty big group of friends. It was, like, Jeremy and Lauren and then a bunch of their Crypto.com conference and we were trying to figure out how to get there but i was also trying not to be the debbie downer of the group being like guys i really need to get to neon carnival for my brand deal yeah so i was just being really chill i was like yeah like but also like direct tv had said hey if you guys are running late last no I, I know like traffic is crazy so they put that in my head that traffic was going to be crazy so i was like okay <laughs> well then so we were gonna only we were only supposed to see like 10 minutes of megan the stallion megan the stallion Sorry, Meg the Stallion at Coachella. And she ended up being she incredible. Killed she I was so like, I, I don't even want to leave. I want to see what else she's going to do. And she was just such a performer, like yeah. an entertainer. Like that's what I see as like the pop star and seeing Britney Spears air. Like she just performs and like. That's what I was expecting attention. out of Doja Cat. Like I was so excited yes. to see Doja Cat, especially after her album Planet Her, which I really love. She was so bad. She wasn't so bad, but the set, like the the set list 
wasn't that she great. She kept turning up the lights and going Well, she black. kept changing yeah. outfits. She kept coming back. There was no flow mm-hmm. to the show. It felt like I couldn't really get into it. She was playing a lot of like slower songs. Yeah. Whereas like you're saying with Meg Thee Stallion, that was like a performance you would see almost at the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was like you're witnessing a very well-polished production. Yes. And it was the highlight. It was so unexpected to, for that to be the highlight. Yes. And I'm sad we actually, I was talking about this recently. We missed Fred again which everyone was raving about his set list. I don't know who um, Fred is. I mean, you showed me him, but Yeah, I don't no, know. I've told you about him. He just dropped a song with Skrillex actually nice. like a couple months ago. So either way, we we ended up seeing Meg the Stallion. We finished her set and I'm like, "Fuck. I need to be at Neon Carnival in 35 minutes." The walk just from the festival grounds to the Ubers 35 minutes. I'm like, "I'm going to be so late." So I text everyone, I'm like, "Hey guys, like I'm going to be 30 minutes late. Hopefully that's okay. And they're like, no, it's fine. Like actually all the other people have been texting us that they're running late as well. It's like perfect. So we are walking as fast as we can outside of the festival grounds. And the cool thing about Coachella is if you have money, you can pretty much pay for anything. So we paid for these bikes to bike us. This 20 minute bike in three minutes flat. They... So we paid, I think it was like $40 a person to get on that bike, by the way, or $20 a person. It was like, it was definitely worth it. And we're in a group of like seven people. So we paid $150 to get on these bikes to save 17 minutes. And then we get to the Uber line and the Uber line is insanely long. But some of these Uber drivers are pretty fucking shady where they'll park their car and then walk into the line and be like, do you guys need a ride? Do you guys need a ride? Yeah, they're just offering for cash. They want cash and stuff. And so I paid $400 for the seven of us to get to New York. You paid that much? You didn't remember this? I don't remember that. The guy was like, I think he said 500. He's like, $500, take it or leave it. I go, I have 400, take it or leave it. And he goes, all right. Let's take you to Neon Carnival. So I made it within 30 minutes. I think it was only like a 15 minute drive. So I made it not on time, but like not incredibly late. Um, but I got to see Meg Thee Stallion, which was my favorite, favorite artist of the entire weekend. Yeah. And for people who don't know, I guess at Coachella, it's there's so much walking. How would you describe Coachella to the outside world who's never been? It's like on a huge desert. It's on I the guess. Empire Polo Field. Mm-hmm which is a horse track. So like a giant, giant horse field where they race horses. But I would say it's like, I would say it's a mile to mile and a half walk in and out of yeah. Coachella. I mean, it's pretty typical for a giant festival as far as how much walking, but it is probably a little bit more than your typical festival. Like I would when say you go to a Palooza nor- was the best walking yeah, situation. Because I've everything's ever had. so condensed because it's in the city of Chicago and yeah. you're relying on that public transportation just so that's what I'm saying with Coachella. You're in the middle of like pretty much nowhere. So to get into everything, it's very long fields, very long lines, a lot of walking. Yes. And um For people who also don't know, the cool thing that I realized when I went to Coachella for the first time was all the after parties that happen during Coachella, which is really almost the highlight of Coachella, Coachella. you know, because I, I was just blown away with how cool the actual parties are. And for people who don't know, it's really feels like you're living almost in an MTV show. There's just celebrities all around. It's like the top of the line. I mean, how would you explain it? Oh my God. 
the like parties how would you or explain? Coachella? Yeah, like the po- the, the like parties party like X. revol like revolve in Neon Carnival. How would you? I mean, those aren't even the fun ones. The fun ones are like the after after parties that you yeah. can't even you can't even get into by buying in. Well, that's Unless a you different spend story. like two thousand yeah. dollars. Like these after party after parties, if you want to buy into them, is more expensive than the festival itself. Yeah, or if you know someone, like we all of a sudden last minute we're like, hey, Dog do you want to go yeah. to this? dog pound or whatever i don't know it was on some incredible what was like a 20 million dollar estate oh probably more than that i think i remember i found the name of it uh she and actually rented it out last year which is how i found Sheesh. But either way we got invited to this this party this after party on this massive estate and it's yes. just tiesto playing a dj set at like three in the morning and there's only like 25 people just chilling there listening and that to me was super cool. Zenraya Estate. This estate. Okay, so yeah, all these like big brands and like these big Soho house people, these membership only parties, they rent out these crazy estates, one of them being Zen Zenyara Estate. And this one, it's in Coachella and it has its own beach. And I just remember being like, is this, is this how the 1% lives? It's insane. Not even the 1%, like the top of the 1%. Yeah, it's what you would see in a magazine or on a TV show, and you'd be like, I can't even fathom that. But anyways, there's all these wild parties that are happening, and I think it's really cool, obviously, for your industry, um, which I'm partly in, I guess, for sure. But being a content creator, how would you sort of explain like the incentive of a brand wanting to take you to Coachella or these after parties? I mean, like Coachella one is a cultural phenomenon where it is probably one of the biggest festivals that ever happens in the U.S. A lot of influencers make it the Met Gala of influencers. Oh, that's such an interesting way of thinking about it. It's like fashion central. It's like, I I bet you it is by far the biggest day on Instagram in the U.S. From like a traffic standpoint. Yes, people, I actually am looking forward to seeing people's outfits on Instagram at Coachella. Like, to me, I look forward to it. Just like people look forward to like the celebrities Met Gala outfits. Like for I'm looking forward to the NBA playoffs this weekend. I yeah. <laughs> care less about people's posts about okay, Coachella. Well, I would say that for <laughs> us everyday girls who aren't really interested in sports, this is our sport event of the year when it comes to fashion, beauty, and makeup. Mm. You're seeing what everyone's looks are, their makeup, their hair, their fashion. What are they wearing on their shoes? Like this is the time for people to spend money on their outfits, which is Coachella. So, so it's pretty much a way for people to showcase and flex their style and be like, this is this is my best representation of my expression. It, this is the best. This um, is the best is, I can do. This is the best <laughs> expression of what makes me me and what my talents are. Like, can I pull this look together? Like, this embodies who this person is at this moment. At, do you think that at this everyone event? who goes, like most people who go to Coachella go hard feel that way about it or is it more that you're in the influencer bubble that that kind of seeps into you yes but last year i would say it became kind of uncool a try hard at coachella so i'm curious to see i can't keep up with these trends you'll be like oh dark lighting is in right now or like it's too bright it's like yeah the the trends shift so quick 
where it it's so conscious where it's like, no, we want to take blurry photos and act like we don't care versus we want it to be super bright, perfectly, you know, it's well, like. It's the same as music, isn't there like times and moments where in music, it's a little bit more trappy versus rock and roll versus pop versus like it goes in waves. No, I'm trying to draw a parallel, which mm-hmm. would make sense. But I'm sure there are definitely, of course, there's music trends, yeah. right? Like what production sort of what tempos and cadences, you know, like Jack Harlow to baby. That was sort of a trend with those sort of like very boppy, bright, fluty type of instrumentation that really be like flooded the mainstream. Mm-hmm. But with artistry, it's a little different where the baseline is just being yourself or being quote unquote authentic Yeah, is what the sort of like norm is. So it's different, but of course there's like common trends, but I, they're, they're so much quicker with influencers. I realize oh, yeah. it'll be from week to week or month to month, how quickly a photo fashion, style, yeah. but also do you think it's because like, why do people, why do those trends matter so much? Like for example, if the lighting isn't in, if it's a bright lighting, like, do you do you think you adapt those trends because you think your content will perform better by doing maybe a darker style if that's in? No, or... it's because I think what it is is that you see it so often that you kind of become attracted to it and then you start doing it yourself. It's not like... I get that, I yeah. guess it's not like... I wouldn't say, like, dark is super in where, like, if you posted a bright photo, everyone would hate it and be like, ew, like, how... Mm-hmm. like how 2017 of you no people wouldn't think that but it's just like i like i can see where the trends are going just because i personally consume so much content right and maybe it's not even what the trend is but it's what is being pushed towards me or what my friends and the people i follow are gravitating towards so then i gravitate towards it because i'm not only consuming it but i also like it so mm-hmm. then it pushes the trend down my throat even further. So then yeah. I believe it's a trend maybe that more than sense. it actually is. Um, I could see the same with music where it's like certain, like I said, production and you start to like it because it's what other people like and you're hearing it. Mm-hmm. And so I subconsciously will model a lot of decisions that I'm making throughout the creative process to like make my production or beat a little bit more like this. Yeah. If that's what's like in and I have to subconsciously stop that. Stop myself from doing that because ultimately I'm doing a disservice to people that love my music. They want what they want the best music that I can make. And the best music I can make is will yourself. be music that is not influenced by what's popular. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we're humans, we're sponges, we get influenced by everything. That's all we are since the day that we were, you know, since we stopped pooping in our pants. As babies, we just take in a bunch of stuff and all we do is sort of like change our influence and model after. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm really excited to see what happens this weekend, because what Kendall Jenner and Hailey Bieber did to Coachella last year was they didn't even try. They just wore jeans and a crop top and then which was unheard of. And so So what was sort of the ripple effect? Chuggy. Chuggy. That's a chuggy means out of style kind of like off trend like you're trying so hard you're so now that's a trend like off trend is now a trend no No? not off trend is being chuggy which is not a good thing you want to be chuggy is like you're outdated trying to be on trend so it's a negative thing it's like you're trying to be on trend but you missed the mark so then you're chuggy so do you think that they were missing the mark chuggy or whatever like they just didn't hit it or they're just trendsetters so they could do what they want and people followed it I would say they're I mean Kendall Jenner and Hayley Bieber no matter 
matter how much you hate them, they are trendsetters when yep. it comes to like women my age, right? Um, and so, yeah, last year they didn't try because for them, Coachella isn't the Met Gala for them. Met Gala is their Met Gala and then right. Coachella is another festival they go to. It's almost like sort of a flex on like all these people that follow them, like influencers, like, haha, y'all try hard for this? Well, I was at the Met Gala that's where we try. You know, yeah. we're having meetings with Gucci, Louis Vuitton. We're getting styled up to the nines. That's a different story. Yeah. Oh, this little festival? <laughs> Just threw a t-shirt on. Exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> See, you got it. You put your finger on the pulse right there. It was, for them, they didn't care to try. And so then it actually kind of went viral last year where, like, they didn't try. So then... And it kind of became like, wow, you tried so hard. You like painted your face and did all this, which I still want to see people doing that. But I almost feel like this year, everyone's going to turn it, tone it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this year, you're going to see a lot of crochets that aren't super crazy. I don't think you're going to see crazy, crazy makeup. You will still see it, but it's not going to be as popular. Just like, just like when I first started going to Coachella, flower crowns were popular. And then the, by the third year, no one had them. So I think this is the shift. We're seeing a current shift happening where you're not going to see people try as hard with their makeup and outfits. And it's going to be more of like a laid back festival, which Coachella used to be like. Do you think that that's an overall trend that we're seeing across the board? People with trying people less? Content, content, like it feels less authentic to go so hard where almost it's kind of a negative if you're trying that hard. Or am I missing the mark on that like statement? I because mean, I think... In the way that culture has shifted yeah. in those two years that Coachella didn't happen, right? During the pandemic, last year was the first time. So you're saying like Kendall Jenner and Hailey Bieber, they just didn't try. It's been two years since the previous one. Yeah, and um, now we're, you know, the pandemic, people have different priorities almost. Um, TikTok has gained such mass adoption and popularity mm -hmm. and dominance in the market of attention and social media where... People are a bit more authentic on TikTok. A lot of that stuff is people just filming in their bathroom, talking directly to the camera, sharing a story, doing something funny. You don't really necessarily see people trying super hard with their makeup and making sure they look perfect. Am I wrong by saying that or is that accurate, would you say? I mean, I think there's a shift to like more natural makeup where people aren't getting their eyelash extensions. They're not getting weaves as often. They're not doing as much lip filler in their lips, right? Because of pillow face. So I think there is a shift definitely towards like a little bit more natural, but I don't know if, if that translates to Coachella or more if it's like, I don't know, maybe maybe Coachella. I, I really want people to try from Coachella. To me, like I have so much fun taking in other people's content during Coachella because I want to see people trying. But Are there other trying, places that they do that aside from Coachella? Because it can't, can't just be the, of, the only thing. I can't think of another event where it's at this massive of a scale because Coachella has 100,000 people coming in. I think even more than that, right? So like, it can embody a lot of influencers at once. It's not like going to the Oscars where only so many people can get invited. So you're not consuming as much content versus like, Coachella you're like seeing everyday people going yeah. and then also like influencers and then you're like I don't know to me like it's fun to try but also like the cool kids have always thought trying is lame so I see both sides of it but I am a try hard so I want people to try if I was yeah. going to Coachella this year I would definitely be like wearing my like little crochet tops that are yeah, matching and glitter I wouldn't stressful. even say I go all out because some girls put glitter in their okay, hair well, there's, and they're, there's like, a spectrum everything. and you're you're at the end of it. And of course there's people that go even harder, yeah. but like 
Compared to the average person. You Compared know. to the average person. I definitely yeah, put absolutely. a few days into figuring out my outfits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what the, we'll follow up and see what the trends were. If you were kind of spot on and what yeah. your overall thoughts were um, for the next episode, once we've seen, you know, the content yeah. live on Instagram. By the time everyone watches or listens to this, let me know if I was wrong or right or what you guys saw at Coachella this yeah. year. I mean, totally. I'm curious to see what the vibe is. Now I can't solo. believe, I can't <laughs> believe that it feels like, the year just started, mm-hmm. yet we're already a third of the way pretty much through this year, mm-hmm. which is wild because we're in April. Is that not crazy? Like time, I mean, we talked about this <laughs> last, last time, but I can't wrap my head around that. How fast time is slipping by? Yeah. I know. It's sad. Theo is like eight months old now. Yeah. And he was two months when we got him. Yeah. I brought him to the vet yesterday and- for me, it was a full, full circle Matt moment was a because dad, happy dad. The last time I had brought him to the vet, he had was having severe issues, diarrheaing like twenty five times. Mm-hmm. It, I had to like rush him to the vet, and uh, it turns out he had Giardia mm-hmm. that was like really acting up and still in his system, which I thought I had it cleared out, but my old vet just did, I guess did not good too good job. So I'm so thankful that I moved to a new vet who has helped me so much. Last time I took him to the vet, he hadn't started his dog training or anything. He was just like, I didn't know what was wrong with him. If he had cancer, if he had like severe illness, I was very concerned. Fast forward a couple months, I'm bringing him in. He's grown. He's, we're doing so much training with him. He's such a good boy. And the vet was just so blown away with how well of a trained boxer we have kudos and shout out to miles yes as well as all the deliberate training i and you have been doing yes and um i brought him with me to the platform afterwards in culver city grab boba for you (laughs) coffee for me and then picked up sweet greens and that was really like one of the first times i took him around with like people because i feel like i don't really leave the house that much where i would like bring him with but i want to start bringing him more but I got so many compliments on how well-trained he was. People were like looking because I'm in the middle of a store and I have him just stop staying. Like I could leave the store and he would be sitting just waiting for me to tell him that he's allowed to move. And so for me, it was a full circle, great moment. I was so proud of him to see him out in the real world in comparison to other people and their dogs. Matt came home so freaking proud. It was like the cutest I'd seen you act in a while. You were like so excited to tell me about all the good things Theo did and how everyone was so excited for him. Well, because we get proud of him. Yeah, Yeah. because we get we spend so much time with our dogs, like training them, Zoe and Theo walking them. Yeah. And we don't leave the house all that much. And we don't bring them with us that much, which I've made a conscious effort. Let's bring them to the park more. Let's do this. I want to start integrating them more now that they have the structure in place with the training to be able to come to friends' houses, to go places and it not being strenuous on us. If it's always pulling the leash, mm-hmm. if we can't get her to chill, if Theo's doing, you know, so now that we have that stuff in place, I'm excited to implement them in more of our life yeah, socially. And when we go out, so it was the first time taking him out and we almost forget, like we live in this house and we're so like, you know, caught up in how they act around here. And we do such a deliberate job training them that once you bring them out and you see how they're acting, it's almost like you can step back and be like, you know, look at all the work that we've done. This is amazing. Like it's, it's, it's all worth it. You know, I never thought I never imagined this for us. 
What, like, like training dogs and training dogs and having dogs being so well behaved like i'm so happy we spent the money for miles and let me tell you it was an expensive endeavor for us to get our dogs trained it's not cheap at all and i was like is this worth it but now that we've gotten zoe back and theo's been getting trained i'm like our lives are so different like my life is not revolved around like micromanaging Theo or Zoe anymore. It's really like they're living alongside me and doing the things I want to do or what you want to do, right? Instead of us having to do what they want to do because they were running our lives for a few months yeah. when they were together, just the two of them. Yeah, I, For me, it's always been a vision, but I didn't realize what that looked like. the work would actually take. But in my head, I was always like, I want to have a dog, like a beautiful athletic big dog that's like well-trained and well-behaved because that's an asset. Mm -hmm. That's an asset to have the dog at the house when I'm not here, when you're well, out I in public. I wouldn't think Theo would ever, ever, ever like be territorial with another human though. I think you're that's wrong about that. That's the issue with having him so well-trained. You think? Oh, 100%. I don't think he's ever been. I've seen the way that he acts when someone comes up on the door and he's not expecting oh, it really? and he feels threatened. Yeah, when Postures. Jennifer came to the back, yeah, when Jessica, Jennifer came to the back door one time, he, ooh, it was the first time I ever heard him let out like a low and I was <laughs> Wait, like, do it again? Do ooh. Like it was so, I was like, oh, there he is. Okay. But yeah, no, I would recommend everyone getting their dog trained and it is so, it is worth it to put the money yes. into training your dog. And for me, it's a lifestyle. I literally love it. It's a part of my life. I see why people get so obsessed with dog training, the lifestyle, training other people's dogs. Because my buddy Miles, he was doing stuff in the music industry before. Now he's training dogs. I was like, that to me feels so random. 180, yeah. But I get it because there's something that's like there's Way more something rewarding. it's so rewarding it's like going to the gym but even better because well not better because right you go to the gym you put in that work you that's why i love going to the gym you put in the work you feel good from it mm -hmm. it's very very easy to see results if you do what you're supposed to do do you think people are getting that same sense of satisfaction from raising their kids or is it different i think with it's dogs? i think it's different with raising your kid because it's way more complex yeah whereas a dog you can be like no don't do that i'm gonna correct you and then they don't do that and it's that simple like don't run across don't run away from me it's only gonna take a couple you know, corrections and then boom, mm -hmm. and it's some maintenance. But with a with a human, you have to weigh the pro you have to it's like show them years of training. Yeah, yeah, but it's not even training because it's like an ongoing thing as far as like how they're perceiving the world. They're learning to make their own decisions, and there are definitely parallels, right? Yeah. But with the dog, you're really just training them. Hey, don't act on your impulse. I will make the decisions, and therefore you'll be better because if you did what you wanted to do. And even specifically in the case of Theo, I'm like, you know what? Go do your thing, kid. And then what does he do? He goes into the garbage. He eats things he's not supposed to. It's like it's no good. So yeah. them making their own decisions is not healthy. And that's what people don't understand is that obedience. Like I have such a better relationship with Theo because he's obedient. And so mm -hmm. it's like almost discipline equals freedom. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I just I love it that's so a much. Good, that's a good saying. Obedience in dogs equals freedom, not in people. <laughs> yeah, no, discipline equals freedom is like a classic Jocko, um, Jocko? quote. Is he, he is like a, a dog he, trainer? No, no, no. He's a he's a public figure now. He has a book. Um, he's pretty much like a motivational speaker. He was in the Navy. Like he okay. was a SEALs and he was the one who trained them. Oh, he that's like why was, discipline. 
Okay. Yeah, he like did a bunch of I don't know the exact thing, but he was responsible for a couple missions that were like uh, monumental in the war in Afghanistan. Okay. And he's like the guy that's brought in to train the people like mm. so he's like super high level and his mindset is insane. So he's he's like among the people, if you know, like David Goggins, Jocko, Joe Rogan, Andrew Huberman, a lot of these guys like motivational, motivational, but they're motivational, not because of what they say. They're motivational because of actually what they do and their words carry a lot of weight because they actually back it up with what they've done in culture that people have so much respect yeah. for them. I could imagine being in that much pressure that I have to perform. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like I was watching you watch the Chicago Bulls yesterday and it was like overtime, right? Mm -hmm. And they had to make the free throws and it was like if they made all three free throws in a row, then they would be even mm -hmm. and tie, which they wanted. And it's yeah. like I could not have that much pressure on me because I would choke. I think there's a few things that are in play with with a situation like that. Number one, I think human beings are capable of so much and they're always capable of doing more than they think they're able to. So if I put you in the line on a situation and said, here's the reward if you do this thing or here's the stakes like your family's going to burn if you don't do this. Human being <laughs> human beings are capable I'm of sorry. pushing themselves. If they said we're going to kill Zoe unless you make this three-pointer, I'd be like Sorry, Zoe. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm saying, sorry. yeah, maybe in the case of that you don't have the skill, but if you're training your whole life to make free throws and do that, you're training yeah. yourself that this is really just, it's mech mechanical at that point. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess it would be like, so I am horseback riding right now. Like I'm learning how to ride a horse. I'm, I've been learning how to ride a horse, but I really want to get to the point where I can jump with my horses. And, um, a skill I have had to develop is sitting on my horse and balancing while not bouncing up and down while the horse is going as fast as it fucking can. So like you really have to like move with the horse. If you move out of mm -hmm. sync with the horse, you'll start bouncing up and down. And my my trainer always goes, pretend there's a million dollar check underneath your ass. And that <laughs> if you lift your ass, That's a great it of... would fly away. Oh. Granted, it still flies away because yeah. I still lift my ass. But like if someone actually put a hundred dollar bill down there, yeah. I'd be like, fuck, like I really can't move my ass. And I would be like, doing the best fucking ride I could. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, number yeah. one, I love seeing the videos when you come home of your lessons. <laughs> and last time you showed me, I'm like, wow, you look, I could see before when you showed me like, oh, you're riding a horse, like, mm -hmm. cool. You're bopping around, whatever. But then when you're explaining to me the nuances, the actual approach, the control you're looking to have, how you're looking to move with the horse, I can understand that. Yeah. And then when you showed me your video this week, I was like, wow, I'm so impressed with like <laughs> how natural and how good you look. It just, you can see that it looks very like therapeutic to like so ride a horse and just be in sync with it. Like that's why I love snowboarding. It's kind of like you're just riding the natural momentum of the energy and um, it's all you can focus on. So you really are like in the therapeutic state. Yeah. But back to what you're saying about the million dollar check, like that is why human beings are so fascinating because it's all about what the stakes are, right? If we go and work out and I'm doing a set and you tell me, hey, if you lift this weight up, I'll give you $100,000. Yeah. The, I'm going to push myself <laughs> so much harder. I actually have a perfect example. So there's this guy on TikTok that will go to a gym and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm really excited to tell you yeah, the yeah, story. Yeah, go for it. He goes to the gym and he goes, hey, how much can you bench? And people always over-exaggerate how much they can bench. They'll always go with the top that they can bench. And he go, 
So like if I asked you that, you'd be like no, I get it. Yeah. He goes, okay, I'll give you $225. He'll give you the exact amount of money that is in pounds of what you're going to bench. And you go like, if you can bench that right now, I'll give you $225. No one ever passes. That's so funny. Or he's choosing the ones that people don't. Or maybe he doesn't but, show the ones yet. But yeah, no, that that's really funny. Um, I'm just saying if the guy goes up to you and asks us how much you bench, just maybe you should like under-exaggerate so you can get the money. <laughs> that's hilarious. But what, but yeah, and but what ultimately what I'm saying is I think people... I know for a fact people are capable of so much. And if you look at the situation like that, yeah. if someone says, I'll give you $100,000 to do this set or to hold a plank for 25 minutes or whatever the case may be, you're going to be able to do it. Yeah. And so that's why mindset is so important. And it's all about like what you're telling yourself and how good do you want to be? And that's like the game that I play with myself every day when I go and work on music. Like I could go in there and just kind of like, you know, half acid, whatever. But if I'm telling myself a certain thing or setting the stakes or setting the environment in a certain way, you're going to get a different result. Yeah. So for me, it's just so that's why I love people like Jocko, David that's Goggins. That's why you love Physical 100. It was very much a mind over matter game. Yeah. I find that stuff so fascinating. All right, guys. Next week, we have a really fun guest. I'm super excited about her. She is a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. So if you guys have any specific questions you guys want me to ask her, let me know down below. But if you guys haven't already, make sure you guys are following us. It is a really, really amazing thing to do for us if you guys like us. And make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. All right. See you guys next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.